The limited partner shares in the potential outsized returns of a well-planned and executed investment, but is a passive investor with no day-to-day -day operating requirements, whose liability is limited to the extent of their share of ownership. The limited partner has the maximum leverage on their most precious asset, their time. Now they say you're the average of the people you surround yourself with. Are you looking to elevate your network, connect with individuals that bring your average up? The Limited Partner is more than just a podcast. It's a community to learn, to participate, to connect. There's no other community out there like this for Limited Partners. So subscribe to the podcast, but most importantly, join the community at thelimitedpartner.com. Welcome to the podcast with your host, Jake Wiley. So welcome partners. This is your host, Jake Wiley. This week, I'm joined by Whitney Elkins-Hutton of PassiveInvesting.com. Whitney, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This is going to be a great time. It is going to be a great time. I'm excited. You've got a really unique background and it wasn't necessarily the most direct path to get into real estate and, and, and investing. So I'd love to hear, tell me about your background. How did you get to where you are today? Um, so I started off um, totally by accident in 2002. I was an accidental landlord and I bought a house with a significant other. Probably really purchased it all wrong, but I ended up with the house after the relationship fell apart and stuffed it full of roommates and completed the rehab on the property and thought the only way that I could possibly get out from underneath this house was to sell it. And I did. Turned a nice profit in 11 months. That's when it hit me that I hadn't been paying the entire time for the mortgage. I'm like, oh my gosh, how many more of these projects can I do? And I thought I'd like discovered the golden ticket to getting out of my job, right? That was, you know, I wanted to have my time back. I wanted to play. I had family members that were ill. I also wanted to take care of my family. And I thought, how many more of these projects could I possibly do? And really got kind of got trapped in that mindset and never actually figured out how to build passive income. And that took several years before, and by this time, my husband and I are married. We did a few projects together. And then it was really a head slap for us. We were like, oh, you've got to rent the property out and have income coming in, right? Like, it's not this glorious, like, you know, $50,000, $100,000 check coming in, like, you know, every like year or two, it's like, or, you know, however often you're flipping, it's, you really have to build a, it's boring. It's boring investing. We started transitioning the equity into long-term buy and hold rentals. Um, a lot of those, we utilized the BRRRR strategy. So we were rehabbing the rental and pulling our equity out. So it allowed us to scale to about 30 rentals. And at that point in time, I'm a mom. You know, we have a young child at home. Both of us are working full-time. I'm taking care of three family members at a distance in our family. Burning the candle at both ends five times in the middle. And I'm like, you know what? I just, we have passive income coming in. Can I just stay home with our daughter a little bit? And my husband was like, yeah, that's awesome. And then he goes, but I want that too. And I'm like, oh, hold on. <laughs> we had never discussed that. <laughs> I was so excited because I'm like, yes, he's coming to the dark side. He's, he's the power of real estate. However, quick math in my head. And I was like, man, we're going to get to rentals. It is anything but passive, these long-term rentals. At that point in time, I'd actually rolled out my retirement investments into self-directed IRA. And I kind of parked that. I was like, I'll deal with that after I get our portfolio built. Um, but I had invested in two passive multifamily investments, much like what you do, much like what we do. I was like, you know, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll figure out what that really means later. And when we started understanding that we needed to transition to multifamily real estate, we kept comparing this as buying our own apartment to what we were getting return-wise with these two passive investments in my retirement account. I'm like, you know, for the time, like we have to re-engineer our whole team. 
our whole market. We have to figure out how to get different lending. We have to figure out not only how to leverage our capital, but how to get other investor capital. I'm like, why don't we just be passive investors in other people's deals and continue to harvest this equity that we had coming in from our long-term rentals and our rehabs. And that's really what kind of you know got us to where we are today. I have dabbled on the active side of commercial real estate, love it. And at the same time, like I'm just so passionate about you know having freedom, freedom of time, freedom of choice, freedom to be with my family, freedom to travel. That's where we are today. That's a great story. And I think that a lot of people do get kind of seduced by the idea of real estate that it's easy and you get these big checks. And, you know, I've lived through that where, yeah, there are times when you get some nice big checks, but it is super lumpy. Even when you have like, you know, there's times where there's like, there's no money coming in. And then there's times where there's a lot. And then it's like, well, I got to reinvest this money. And then I'm back to, I've got no money coming in. So it's, you know, moving to a passive investment strategy is really kind of the goal. I mean, that is what you want. You don't want it to be another job. You want it to be passive investment. Well, and it all depends on like what your goals are in life. Like, what do you want? Like, one, do you believe that real estate is a good investment vehicle? You and I both believe that, right? You can pay five different ways in real estate. You don't do that in the stock market. There's no way. Like, real, you know, real estate is made over what? 90% of millionaires and billionaires in this country. And so, I mean, there's a lot of power there. Like success leaves clues. Two, do you want to be active or passive? For me, I got a job. I mean, I do work. I mean, but I love my work. I'm passionate about my work because this is what I get to do. I get to educate people about investors on how to be, a, what does it mean to be a passive investor? How to do it safely and educate them on the investments so they're making good decisions for themselves. They're taking ownership. Or you can be the active investor. But you know what? There are people like you, like my partners that I work with that are just brilliant at this sort of thing. And so like, let them stay in their zone of genius. And they, I get to take advantage of their knowledge and expertise, their market expertise, um, their ability to get credit and lending, their ability to access other investor capital, to get a hold of an asset that I would couldn't access on my own. And that's the amazing thing, Jake. You're willing to do the work. <laughs> I'm willing. To, I'm really willing, you know, to give up, you know, a little bit of slice of the pie to have my time freedom back. I mean, return on time and attention is there's nothing. I don't know. Call me a little bit jaded, but that's what I'm. I'm here to create in life. Let's talk about PassiveInvesting.com. You can see the energy coming out of you, which is really exciting, or you can hear it, I guess, for my, my listeners here. Let's talk about it. What, what, what do you do? Um, recently joined the team. I've been in a director of investor relations, you know, for several years within the multifamily commercial real estate. You know, when you're in that investor relations role, you're handling not only the education piece, but also all the moving parts of investor services and handling the raises. I'm a very competitive person at heart. So I was drawn to that. But, you know, kind of like what we were saying earlier is just like, what do I like doing it truly in my heart? And for me, like what got me up every single day was actually like educating the investor. I could talk to like dried paint on the wall and convince them to like invest in like a deal. I'm just so passionate about it. Um, so that's what I do at um, PassiveInvesting.com is just, you know, I get to spend my entire time with them talking to investors and educating them, you know, on the power of, you know, passive real estate. They can build their portfolios. I mean, it's really that simple. I think that's the point, right? Is that if you do it right, it is that simple. If you want to go and invest in a REIT, you're, you know, the public market, you're in the stock market. If you want to invest in, uh, you own your own property, 
Well, then you got to turn around and lease it out. You've got to manage with the tenants. You've got to operate. You've got to do due diligence. You've got to you know, go to the bank. You've got to talk to them on a regular basis. There's a lot to it. Or there's this magic world that most people actually don't know about where you can invest directly into large multifamily or other real estate assets. And you're not beholden to the stock market. You get a slice of the equity pie. The returns can be phenomenal. Yet you don't have to do all of those other things because that's what I think really burns people out in the real estate game is that you jump in and it becomes a whole nother job. And that's not what you set out for. I mean, I still have, you know, you and I were talking in, you know, before the show, like I, we both still have you less than me, but I still have part of some of my long-term rentals. Even just this week, you know, there was a property management issue and a pretty large one that I have to solve to the point where I might have to actually interview other property managers. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is my day-to-day operator. I have to, I'm the CEO of that business of those long-term rentals. Essentially, I have to go replace them employee on a very short notice. But you know, even earlier this year, I have five passive investments that are going through 1031 exchange at the end of this year. I get an email saying, Hey, we're going to, you know, do you want to be in the 1031 exchange or not? I'm like, yes, of course, for my taxes, please. You know, it's not as easy as that. As that. You want to make sure you don't want to be with the operator in that market, in that deal, in that strategy, right? There's a lot, there's a big part of that decision-making process, but I'm like, yeah, do the 1031 exchange for me. I did four earlier this year and it was like, ha, ah, poker's under the fingernails. It was so stressful. And I'm like, ah, I don't ever do a 1031 I've got two in process right now and trying to marry up all the timelines and finding the properties and getting it going. They are a great tax strategy. But if anybody like convinces you that it's an easy process, run away. You're watching this on video. I'm giving a thumbs down. No. Yeah, it is, uh, especially in today's market, right? The market is so competitive. We've had personally a lot of discussions about whether it even makes sense to do it, right? Because like if you jump in and you don't find the right deal, but it's like, hey, I got to put my money to work. I've got to have something identified in 45 days. It's a lot of pressure to do something dumb. Luckily, like we have found the right investment, but I mean, there was a point in time where I was like, absolutely not. Like we're not doing it. We're not doing it. We've got to just be really rational here and say, I'd rather pay the taxes than you know, make a bad investment in something just so I can defer my taxes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we actually ducked out of two of the 1031s and made passive investments that came along just a few weeks later. And we I've heard it called the lazy man's 1031. <laughs> we took the capital, invested it in another deal, and then used those losses to offset the gains. So I, I couldn't even imagine going through 1031s, me, myself, in my personal business in the holidays. Right? I want to spend my time with my family. And yet there is an operating partner. There are operators out there that have the systems and knowledge in place and are willing to do this for investors. And I get to come along for the ride. That just seems like a marriage made in heaven. So how do we find the good ones? I would say that the industry is small, right? And you know, if you're in it, you, you start to know a lot of people and you know who the good players are and the bad ones. But if I'm truly a limited partner, right? I'm passive. I don't know a whole lot about it. That's the reason I'm not in the game yet. How, how do I figure out who the right people to work with are? That is, it's so interesting because a lot of investors, you know, and I get this question often, they want to jump into the how, like, how do I find an operator? How do I vet a deal? And they even skip, like, how do I vet a market? They go to operator deal. And the operator is the business, but there's a step before that that you have to understand. And that is, what is your investing goal? You know, we already touched on one. Do you believe real estate is a sound investment for you? Like, if you don't like real estate, like, this is a mute conversation. Pass. Um, Do you want to be active or passive? I got into passive investing 
because I thought I wanted to be active. What better way for me to learn the business by being a passive investor? Because I get to be in the deal, see the whole operations. I can be as involved as I want to sometimes, you know, just asking questions. I don't have any decision-making power or I can be as passive as I want to and just be like, nope, you know, <laughs> let me know when the deal's done. And there's a sliding continuum in there. So, you know, once we check the box that you want to be passive, then you have to understand what are you in it for? Are you in it for cash flow or appreciation or some balance of both, right? Because that determines what type of investment strategy you're going to go into and what kind of risk you're taking in the investment. Once you kind of have those pillars lined up, it's time to go start talking to operators. It's like a funnel, like a sales funnel. Anybody who's ever in sales, like you've got your broad question, real estate syndication, great. Like we're narrowing it down with each question that we answer for ourselves because our time's precious. The operator's time's precious. And so this allows us to talk to those operators that we're really truly aligned, probably aligned with from the very beginning. And then we're making decisions on a short list. Otherwise, it will be harder for a limited partner to get started because they're just talking to any and everybody. Once we get on the phone with an operator, just to provide some questions and value right here is you want to understand, you know, who the operator is, their business plan, their strategy, like are they in mobile home parks or multifamily or self-storage? Do they do single asset investment or do they do funds? right? There's pros and cons of investing in one apartment building or a fund that purchased many apartment buildings. Um, do they have the track record for doing this? Um, are they doing this full time, right? For me, I'm trading my time for dollars at some point in my life and accumulating. I mean, that's a huge exchange, right? I want it to be with somebody who's doing this full time, who's watching my money and strategizing about this full time, who's taking care of my money as if it's my money, not theirs, and making decisions on my behalf. You know, do they have a background in business or in real estate? And if they have, you know, made several investments, you know, what is the performance of those invested investments? Have they exited? at it any? What were the bumps along the way? Honestly, like if I talked to an operator and they, they've been in business for five years and they've never hit a roadblock, that's a red flag. Something's going on there. Because I guarantee you, guys, we just went through 2020 and 2021. COVID, hello, everybody had a bump. So I want to understand how they work through decision-making processes to, to pivot with the business plan given the market environments. Those are great points too, because you think about what kind of investments can you get into? So let's just say, talk about real estate. So that's not a one size fits all bucket either. There are varying levels of risk. So you talked about mobile home parks, there's office, there's multifamily. Each one of those are very different and might have a place for you depending on where you are in your risk profile, right? Some of these office, nobody knows what's happening with office right now. You know, it's been an interesting year. Are people going back? Is the office going to be different? Whereas everybody jumped into multifamily. So the returns, you know, it's different. You might get a higher return on an office deal, but is that the right point in time for you as an investor and getting your mind wrapped around that, right? So it's, yeah, you pick real estate, and then you have to pick what type of real estate are you looking at? And then, you know, what what type of returns are you willing to, to take? And all this, you know, to, to pull out the point there is that all of those things cycle differently, right? Yeah, not real estate is so broad that you can't just say real estate's up or down. No, like multifamily, like I thought it was peaked out in 2016. Evidently not yet, but it's high right? Self-storage and mobile home park are coming up behind it. They're in the expansion phase, right? So every, all of those things have different cycles within the business. Perhaps they all have a position in your portfolio at some point in time. And, and the operators are probably different. 
right? I think to you, maybe to your point is, you know, if somebody was like, hey, I do multifamily, I do office and I do you know, self-storage and mobile homes, you'd be like, are you really good at any of those? You know, I've seen some companies, you know, where the same operation team tries to pivot and do multiple things. That to me is like a division, cognitive division. How can they give attention to all those? But I've seen groups and, you know, kind of partial to the strategy that passive investing has taken on. They have pulled in two partners to manage that are have like longstanding backgrounds and track records in the self-storage space. So that's how they're able to achieve this you know, bring on the strategy into the umbrella of passiveinvesting.com. But they're, but what they're doing is they're bringing on the expertise and the experience in-house. And that's very intriguing. But uh, to your point, like, you're just kind of like, you have like just the one, you know, same one or two operators. And all of a sudden they're trying to like do like five different strategies. You're just like, hmm, how are you managing all this? You know, where's your time and attention? Right. And how much experience do you have with it? Right. Like what happens if, you know, I'm like, I don't know, right. <laughs> we'll figure it out as we go. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Let's turn a corner here. And what about the industry would you change? What would you make better? I don't know if so much, you know, changing is the right word that I feel, but you know what I would love to see. And I know operators do this, but it's giving back. Like connecting, I mean, well, if you think about it, especially with multifamily, the reason why I love multifamily is that it's so tangible. You're, you're actually touching, you know, 100, 200, 300 tenants on a property and making their lives better by improving the property, right? Improving the community. How can we also leverage as part of that return and like banking in, you know, some sort of like giving back strategy, like to like a charity or something like that? I think there's plenty of play here in some of these deals to be able to do that. And I think operators are doing that, but like making it known what the, what they're doing and that impact that they're creating. I mean, I, I know for me, like, you know, I give back personally to RIP Medical and, you know, Charity Water. Those are two organizations that I'm super passionate about. Do I like say that I'm doing that? I don't. I probably should say that more. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point too. And I think probably the the assets themselves. You think about a value add strategy for an apartment. So for, for those of you out there that are listening, want to know a little bit what I'm talking about. You may, you may take an apartment that's just underperforming for the market, but it's, you know, maybe it's just dated. You know, it hasn't been updated since the 90s. You can go in there, you update it. Now it's competitive with kind of a higher class of asset. So that's a value add strategy. You can increase the rent, you can boost the return, right? That's the value of the property. But what about making the property better for the environment, environmental or, you know, is there a possibility to bring in some affordable housing into the mix? I think the answer is yes. And it doesn't seem like it makes sense, like on, on the surface, right? Because you're like, well, I, I'm just maximizing for value here. Like that's what my investors want. But I think in the long run, that's where we're headed. I think there might be some opportunity there too, but along the same ways of like, how do you give back and make that part of the plan? As opposed to just saying, hey, you know, we do this and then we give back. So I, I really, I love that answer. I mean, I've seen, you know, operators work into their business plan where they do like financial education classes, depending on who the, the tenant base is. But yeah, I've seen them do like financial education classes, maybe like, you know, a weekly childcare, you know, just to give parents a break, like community gardens. There's so many different ways that you can enhance that the, the property and it's it will add value. Like it comes back to you. It comes back to the operator. It comes back to the deal. It comes back to the investor. But like, again, it's all about, you know, improving people's lives in the end. Let's talk about giving back. My next question is, this is a big piece of my show is that we don't get to where we're going by ourselves. And people have helped you along the way. And, and certain people have probably made a real impact 
on your career, your life, your ability to get where you are. I'd like to give you the opportunity to give a shout out to somebody that has helped you along the way here on the show. One, my grandfather, like that first property I bought, he lent me $7,000 to buy the property. I had zero of my own money in it. You can get into real estate. <laughs> like even if it's like just through a single family house, right? Or a house hack or something like that. Did he get all his money back plus some? Yeah, actually. Well, this is 2002, Wild Wild West of London, right? Like I paid him back. I took out a second on the property. I was 103% financed. And so after I had that second, I think it took me like, two weeks to get the second closed. He got his money plus interest. I had 0% interest. He was a winner in the deal, right? I think that's the point I'm trying to get to is that like, yes, he gave you a shot, but it wasn't like, hey, this is a gift to my granddaughter here. Like he actually got his money back some and he's probably thankful that he did it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't know about that. He had, he had, um, I had later found out he had cashed a certificate of deposit that he had been holding since the early 80s and it was making like 14% interest. <laughs> Ooh, I should have probably paid you a lot more. But yeah, I mean, like for, you know, to, you know, give a shout out. And there's so many people that have helped me on my journey. I mean, I truly believe real estate is such a partnership. I mean, it's all about relationships. I mean, everybody that I, you know, worked with on a deal, partnered with on a deal, like I owe them a deep debt of gratitude. Um, one that I'll call out, you know, in particular is my financial coach that I hired back in 2016, 2017, Chris Miles with Many Ripples. If he had not showed me how to like unlock the rest of my capital and assets and like think outside the box on how money actually really works. I mean, I, I really shudder to think where I'd be today. Well, that's awesome. We'll, we'll make sure we give Chris a shout out in the show notes too. Yeah, definitely. Whitney, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. And I would love to give a free something free to the audience. Please do. I have a checklist, Passive Investing Made Simple, Seven Steps to Making Your First or Next Investment. Guys, you can use this anywhere like to you know, help you understand what the steps are to get into pass a passive investment and really helps you, you know, fill in those gaps to avoid making some mistakes. Um, and you can find that at passiveinvestingwithwhitney.com. Awesome. Well, thank you. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Awesome. Such a pleasure to be here today. Thank you so much for your time and you know trusting me with your audience i hope i've provided value i hope you've enjoyed this episode of the limited partner podcast please subscribe and leave a review if there's any reason you wouldn't leave us a five-star review please email me directly at jw at jakewiley.com your feedback is always appreciated now the show is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the limited partner community it's a community where limited partners can come together learn about what best-in-class looks like, opportunities, and most importantly, a place to connect. There is nothing out there like this. So head over to thelimitedpartner.com and sign up. We'll see you next time.